Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Hmm. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good, wealthy people? It is your boy, David Bellard. One of the hosts of the Black Wealth Renaissance Show here with my brother Jalen Clark. Jalen, how you living, Playboy? Man, I'm doing amazing, dog. I'm off the tequila today. You already know what it is. <laughs> we need a tequila sponsor. Hey, man. All right. Hey, if y'all te- want to sponsor the show, drinkers, man. Reposado me. Nice. That's all I got to say. Reposado or Anejo. Y'all keep that Blanco. <laughs> yeah. But I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. Yeah, dog. I know you are, man. You just told me you lit off the yak. I'm not lit, but I'm feeling it. Did you take the walk to Poland? No, I did. <laughs> nice. Relax, man. Nice. But yeah, we got we got another great show, dog. And uh, I'm really excited to get into this one, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. As always, y'all, y'all already know how we coming, man. Before we get started, we, we for for one, we never bring y'all no half ass, half step of flu gazy ass people. But before we get started, I gotta get y'all to do what we always ask you to do. Be that five star rating and review. Uh, it helps us continue to grow the show. You on YouTube, like, subscribe, rate, comment. Um, that help us get this message out there to people. We all about giving information that can help our people elevate and improve their lives. And again, today is no different. We got a great brother who is originally from the boot. So you already know he got a special place in our heart. We we from the boot, boot boys out of Monroe, Louisiana. And now he's out here in Dallas. We had the pleasure of meeting him at our event. 
in September, September 3rd, nice. Blackwell Now. If yeah. you didn't come, again, sorry you played yourself. Uh, we partnered <laughs> up with our guy, Sam, with Black Real Estate Dialogue. Nice. Amazing podcast host. They introduced us to this brother. I was mm-hmm. like, how did we not know this man before this? <laughs> like, <laughs> on, like, no cap. Like, well, how did we not know this man? But he's out here in Dallas. He's a real estate investor, uh, long distance real estate investor to be And specific. developer. And developer. Put some respect on his name. Put the respect on it. An oh, investor man. and developer, long distance investor and developer out here in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to mess up the count, y'all, but I want to say it's over like 150 units between the companies <laughs> that he owns. So we about to get some game today. We have none other than Mr. Derek Johnson. Derek, how you living, my brother? Man, what's going on, man? I appreciate y'all for having me on the pod, man. It's hey, cool man. linking up with y'all, man. I appreciate it. I really bro, do. Thank, I thank you for coming I through, bro. I appreciate you for coming, bro. Yo, yo, yo. I, I'm going to quit it out there, man. You going to read the oh, read no, on, no. man? No, man. Read it on man. There, man. I ain't never had nobody do nothing like this. This brother is is genuine, guys. He's, oh, like, bro, he's world from, class, man. This is a stand-up guy. Class, like, hey. This man gave us cards, guys. written too. Handwritten. <laughs> this ain't no hallmark, just give it to you type stuff. This is class act, man. Oh man, y'all. I, I, I'm not gonna read it. I'm not gonna read it out because I, I might start tearing up. I might start being like a little, a little, yeah, a little soft. But Derek, be, brother, yeah, appreciate man, you, man. Appreciate you yeah. for joining us on the show, man. Yeah. I know I gave the people kind of like a brief introduction to yeah. you, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself to our audience and let them know more about you. Oh man, so Derek Johnson, man, been in real estate since 2017. I'm going to clean up. He said 150. He manifested. And we got the 200, but we got about 30 plus. Um, also developing, also teaching as well. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I do a lot of things. I've done everything in real estate. I've flipped homes. I've flipped land. I've sold land. I've taught students. I've taught uh, consultations, all types of things, spoken everywhere. We do uh, free educational classes back in Morrow, Louisiana. So we make sure we take care of the community, man, because, you know, servants of all. First hey, of all. I love it. <laughs> We're gonna transcend all. That's it. That's I it. Love it. That's I love it, it, man. That's it. <laughs> they like, I don't know yeah. what these niggas talking about. <laughs> so yeah, man. So that's that's a bit about me, man. And we just gonna keep going, man. You know, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I just got brand new opportunities. Uh, moving into a weird space, man. So it's crazy because you kind of transform. And I read this thing recently where like people kind of change every three to five years. I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all know that, man, but people mm-hmm. go through an evolution every three to five years. So uh, when I got into this real estate game, man, I remember I was talking to my partner, Lamont Woods, and I was like, man, you know, if I can just get one house a year. And he used to tell me like, bro, you're going to be buying like five and six at, at two, three months. You know, I ain't believe him, but ultimately it ended up happening, man. I love so, it. So yeah, let, let's go to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I want, yeah, I, want, I, I want to know where did the journey start for you? Like, when did you first get into real estate, and what did that first? You get deal that itch, like? man. Man, it's crazy, man. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. My grandpa Willie Johnson, man, built an entire home next to our house in the ghetto uh, on Owl Street. That's that's where Owl Investments that's comes it, from, okay. right? And so he built it, and uh, my grandma, man, she actually owned one. And uh, she used to make me jump up on top of the roof. I'm going to go old school for real with y'all. She used to make me jump on top of the roof and lay down a roof tarp or whatever. And then I would have to put the hot tar down on it. So she showed me that, uh, you know, you can only get tar off your hands with gasoline. So, yeah, man, my grandma taught me that. And uh, my aunt actually had rental property as well. She got 12 friend clear. And so uh, Linda Rayford, Dorothy Blackwood, Willie Johnson, they, they really ushered me into it. And uh, that's really, you know, that was the thought and where the seeds kind of got planted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, when I ran into Lamont Woods and we linked up, you know, he missed everything. And uh, he really showed me how to finance real estate, showed me how to maneuver and move. And uh, that's how I got started, man. And it ain't been no looking back ever since. Hey, man, I love it. <laughs> so what was what was your first door 
And what was their process like? Oh man, that? y'all want that on camera? I, I y'all want, want that it, disaster we, on we, camera? We, we need it for the people. <laughs> so man, what you what you not gonna get with me? Like I told you guys, you're not gonna get the glitz and the glamour. You know, you're gonna get everything. You know, it's it's sweet too. It's it's more so sweet and taking a risk. As uh, we'll talk about Robert Kiyosaki later. But uh, man, my first door. So I had the concept, man, that I wanted to get into multifamily from the gate. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be honest with you guys, man, delayed gratification. I studied real estate for two years. Hard before I ever touched one door. I must have went through at least 50 plus deals in my mind. You know, bigger pockets, just watching those guys, listening to Brandon and stuff like that. Free free resources. Listening to you guys, you know, over here, you know, and uh, tapping in. So uh, I bought a duplex on the south side of Monroe. I still got a 607 Benjamin. And, uh, man, I bought this place. And uh, the guy at the time, he actually charged me. I shouldn't. I didn't understand anything about negotiating. I didn't mm-hmm. understand any of that. So he sold it to me at a fair price of what it appraised for. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I should have bought that place for maybe like 18K. But I ended up buying it for like 32. So in my mind, <clears throat> sorry, I was going to put, you know, resources back into it and get it up in like 40K and then get all my money back. But it just did not happen that way. So, man, I buy this place. I don't know anything about managing. I don't know anything about collecting rents. I hadn't even built a rent roll. Well, I did. I built those things, I, honestly. But how do they say it in sports? You always got a game plan until you get hit in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, man, I got my first tenant, man. And when I tell you, she dogged me out and drugged me all over Facebook, man, calling me a slumlord. Damn. Oh, man, she killed me, man. And my same aunt, Linda Rafer, man, she chewed on my butt. And she was like, you're not going to be no slumlord and things like that. So she made me fix it up. So I fixed it up. And uh, that same property, man, I think the mortgage on it is $300, but the cash flows at $1,000. So I see $700 profit per month on it. I still got it. Damn. Damn. So- Okay, that was your first property. You yeah. said you paid uh, thirty two for it. Yeah, and I typically we hear multifamily right on yeah. our podcast. People think of house hacking. Yeah, but you didn't house hack this property, no. correct? No, because you're living in Dallas at the time. Absolutely. So, what was like the financing like on that property? So, man, to be honest, I'm gonna keep giving y'all stories of else. <laughs> so, Lamont introduced me to a banker. Man, I won't say the banking institution. But when I went in there to formulate that relationship, I made her nervous. I, I'll, I'll take accountability. I made her nervous because I just really didn't understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So when I walked in there, <clears throat> I told her what I was doing, why I stayed and things like that. And I think she kind of got scared with that. So she dropped me. So the next time I came back around, I went in just confident and I went in with an entire sales pitch of the business of what I was trying to do. And so a banker, man, Mitch, I still work with Mitch. Shout out to Mitch, man. Uh, we, we did that first construction deal. We'll talk about that. But he took a chance on me, took a chance on me, and uh, he managed to finance that property for me. He financed it for me, and I went on ahead to do great things with that specific property. And I think once I showed him I could do that, then we made a relationship, and we went on ahead and conquered some things together. That's hard, bro, because, like, okay, we, we were just talking about this on the previous episode. Right. We're relationships with yeah. people in the bank. Relationships. So people think like, okay, I might need to have a certain credit score to get this, or I might need to, uh, I got to have this cash, right? right? But you were able to build a relationship with somebody. Was this like a big box brand bank or was it like a more of a local, local. bank? My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. 
Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Man, Never go to a chase or something like that unless you just got a super high credit score. Um, Is this no. real estate specific? <clears throat> yeah, real, real estate specific. You want to go to a local area because what, what's, what's happening is this. Let's say a new bank opens up. They need business, right? So they got to get business on their books. So they're going to be clamoring trying to get at you, at least in the real estate space. And they're going to yeah. give you some of the best deals. They're going to give you some of the best deals, best rates, and they're going to work with you. Like, like if you, to me, I'm going to tell you guys this. You know, I call myself Derek Ford. I told y'all, man, when you don't know something, and somebody to me is genuine they're gonna educate you mm-hmm. they know what you're trying to do you may not know the vernacular you may not know what you need to know but they're gonna take the time to sit you down hey come on in my office let's talk about it let's talk about how to get you there and that's me i mean a lot to me mitch did that for me you know so he educated me on how to get this money he educated me on what to do once i did get the loan closed and things like that so he helped me set up a lot of things in that space man i'm not intelligent to people around me hey man i love it <laughs> So I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into that Slumlord okay. Slumlord deal, For sure. right? You know, you bought it at thirty two. Yeah. How much did you end up putting into it? Uh, oof, another fifteen thousand. And these are Louisiana numbers, by the way, because I know people were like, it's probably like, oh my god, so these, these right, 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 yeah, like, these, yeah, these are, that. yeah, nah, yeah. And, but that's why I invest in that market too, mm-hmm. you know. And we'll talk about so because I believe I, I just really I, I robbed the bank over here. Uh, I make you know a significant amount of money over here, and then I invest back at home. You know, because to me over here in Dallas, right, we from Louisiana, the numbers are way different, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm starting to tap into this market six years later. But uh, when you talk about putting money back into that specific property, when I put the money back into the property, I was geeked because I got started with lines of credit. So that's another thing. People think that you have to have cash. When I got into this game, so with no it money. wasn't a loan that you had got from the bank. It was a no. line of credit. Yeah, I had a line of credit. OK, so I had lines of credit from Navy, federal, all local banks once again. So what you do with a line of credit, take time to talk about that with a line of credit. It, let's just say you got a 680. You got a 680, 670, you'll be good. But what you want to do is, and I teach my real estate students this, you want to go in and you want to apply at the same time. So you want to identify maybe five to six banks, 10, however many X amount of banks. You want to apply within a two-day range, okay? Because it's not going to hit your credit score as hard. Because, you know, when you talk about business credit, you're not going to be able to get business credit until you can show someone that you can pay back on specific loans and things like that. So I got started with a line of credit. Put that line of credit back out there. And I, I managed to refinance that property, man. I got $2,000 back. I was hurt. I was hurt, man. I mean, it, it, it was still, still a win. A win, <laughs> yeah, a win is a win. But yeah. sometimes people don't realize, you know, like with the spreads on yep. real estate, you want to exactly. see a higher a higher rate of return on real estate. Y'all I got think it. it's dope that you did the line of credit method yeah. as well, too, though. Because, again, like difference between a loan and a line of credit yeah. is, right, a line of credit, once you start paying it down, once yeah. you refinance, you, you can, can use, use that again. same credit yeah, again. Revolving. So can we get to like some numbers with that, like with the lines of credit, right? So you use a line of credit. What did it look like? Was it like one of those zero introductory type situations yeah. or was it something that was like you had debt service right away? No. So I, I, it's simple, man. You know, we're going to keep it simple here for the family. Uh, think of it like a credit card. Mm-hmm. You only pay when you use it. All right. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I went out, uh, my first one was with PenFed. So I managed to get into the military banks because, because of my career. So I work for the government. And so uh, to be honest, it's exclusive rates getting into those banks and it's kind of hard. But I managed to get into PenFed and Navy Federal. 
So uh, my first one was like Pinfed Credit Union, man. I think I got like 15K. And so uh, it wasn't until I touched like 10K of it that I began paying the specific note back on that. But then, like I said, uh, so to, to go even further, man, I bought two duplexes in like two months when I first got started. So that was my first deal in my role. But then I went to Shreveport. That's the money mine. Right. I love my role. But Shreveport is where it's at. Uh, and so in Shreveport, man, I blew out entire one of my line of credits on a first deal. And that's when many million started out investments, man. So uh, I managed to refinance that guy, ran into Justin Palmer, which I got to bring him into this, man. One of my mentors, he's really doing his development thing. He's guiding me. But uh, he so we bought the guy in Shreveport, but then the whole left side needed to be reconstructed. And so uh, he reconstructed the entire left side for us, man. And we managed to refinance that and I paid my line of credit off. So you bought two multifamilies. You bought a multifamily in Monroe. Then you bought one in Shreveport. Within a month. Damn. Yeah. 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 Using lines of credit. Using lines of credit. Was it purely the price point that made you do the out-of-state out investment absolutely. into Louisiana? Man, absolutely. Have you have you been out here in Dallas, man? I, I have. $80,000 out here get you a burnt house. $80,000 in Monroe will get you a mansion, man. Wait, yeah, yeah, so it's specifically different. And so uh, just going out there, I just feel like I can stretch my money way longer. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the numbers that I'm playing with out there and thanks to you guys for putting me into that room is Terry Thomas. You know, she's bringing me into a real estate pool out here because now that I get the numbers up over there in Louisiana, I'm making my money. I can come back over here to Dallas and really get started, you know, with the numbers that they have here because I buy lots of land, two, $3,000, lots of land. I have 15 K 20 K, you know? So yeah, we're making that. That's hard too. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like with why you went to Louisiana, yeah. right? Because whenever we look at markets, that's one of the things that people yeah. uh, like that stops so many people yep. from getting into Absolutely. real estate. So you went out to Monroe and started investing in a, your hometown. Yeah. Now, what does it look like investing in one of those markets like that? Because we're from Louisiana. We right. know like <laughs> the appreciation side yeah. of things ain't really there like yep. that. So yeah, you got cash flow markets, appreciation Absolutely. markets. I got stuff like that. I got y'all. So we're going to talk about the class of property. <clears throat> so the class of property got A class, B class, C class, and D class, right? Mm-hmm. We all know what D and C is, and B is a little bit better. A is the creme de la creme. So you got different type of investors. When my students come to me, I educate them. Most, most, if <clears throat> like she was just talking about previously on other podcast, you got different types of lanes. So when you're dealing with C class and D class, you're going to deal with a lot of things that you're not going to deal with in A class and B class. Mm-hmm. A class, think of A class investors is, is more so equity. They're buying for equity. You're mm-hmm. not going to see high cash flow on an A class property. Looking for appreciation and looking for appreciation. Right. And that's typically going to be the north side of everywhere that you live. Why is it that everywhere the north side is always appreciated and the know, south man. side My is the worst? My parents told me something a long time ago. <laughs> Whenever you cross the tracks, values fall. Yeah. I ain't never paid attention to that, but it's like you cross them tracks, yeah. the neighborhoods turn over. Wherever Martin yeah. Luther King is at, it's going to be rough. That's a fact. <laughs> you ain't you never know, lied. There you go. I don't know. There you go. So, so when you talk about B-class, B-class is kind of like, yeah, mm, it's closer to A-class. And the reason we're saying because your mortgages are going to be higher and it's going to cut into your cash flow. But here's the thing. If you can get into a C-class area, in every hood, there's a great area, right? Mm-hmm. Like out here in South Dallas, you got some pockets that's really, really nice, but you're going to maximize cash flow. Like I just said, that duplex is on the south side. My mortgage is $300, but I get $500 a unit. So it's going crazy. One so, unit rented is your mortgage. That's it. That's why I did it. So the concept between multifamily for me, one door is going to play PTI. 
property taxes and insurance, right? So it's going to take care of all that. And you got to think, guys, once again, out here in Dallas, man, your property taxes may be five, six grand a year. My property taxes on that building is $120 a year. Say that again, because people be lying. <laughs> people think you lying when you sit in Louisiana. Like, My property taxes on a multifamily in Louisiana is $120 a year. That's, that's that's something that Texas definitely got, dog. <laughs> Their property taxes. They man. build that shit into your mortgage. That's man. how much yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's you crazy. Pay that shit off through the year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man, for sure. Um, and I kind of want to talk about what? the actual, you know, expanding and growing okay. now, scaling. Right. Yeah. So you got your first two. Yep. What does it look like? Was Lamont right? Were you starting to buy five doors? Like, what what did that look like for you? All right. So <clears throat> to be honest, I had to attack the fear. That uh, Napoleon Hill talks about, man, you know, you can be fearful because it's like, it's really like, oh, shit, it's starting to work. I'm starting to make money, you know. And so the thing about it, right, we were investing in C and D class property. And then so in comes Emmanuel, which I call him a young, young Michael Jordan, young MJ, because his mind, right, he's younger. And so his mind, the way it works is just crazy. And so, man, he wanted to scale and he was the one who really pushed the limits. He was like, man, you know, we should really try to figure out these deals. So we ran into our first multifamily deal or commercial deal. Sorry. They call it a commercial deal with the banks when I believe it's like four or more. Mm-hmm. So we did our first five pack a couple of years ago. And uh, we started accumulating more doors at one time. And after we bought a triplex, we bought a duplex, we bought like two multifamilies. So we started <clears throat> eating up the doors and then we started making a lot of progress. So when we talked about scaling, it's kind of like moving out of that fear and just going for it because the numbers just get bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we might have to put down, I don't know, 10K for a specific deal. But then, you know, the numbers 25K, 40K. And as time went on, we kept increasing those lines of credit. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> like, so were you still using the lines of credit or were you getting uh, like loans from the bank? Everything is lines of credit, brother. I'm, so uh, everything is lines of credit. We just keep getting more lines of credit and keep increasing. Were you pulling the cash off the lines of credit for the down payment? It's nothing but a credit card. That's it. And so the way that we formulated the deal, like I told you guys, so we go in, we figure out what the new construction deal is, or the construction. So we, we go in, we have to rehab a property. Mm-hmm. So we use uh, we use a, a, a sheet that breaks out everything that needs to be done in a specific property. So once we do that, we go back and we run the numbers with the bank. And then for what we put down on it, it has to make sense within our formula, our specific formula. So once we figure that out, we go in and we put down our down payment. I like to get my money back. I don't know about y'all. So I at least got to get 80% of my down payment back within this deal. And if I get some cream on the top, cool. So that's how we really formulated our deals. And so when we go in, we just pull from my line of credit. So let's say I have $50,000 in lines of credit. Well, me having a partner, right, working in that synergy and business dynamic that they say we can't do, right? We got like now like $80,000 line of credit, $100,000 line of credit. So, yeah, we just pull from our line of credit. Put that down, we construct the deal, boom, we refinance it, get our stuff back, and we go on down the road to the next deal. So we just keep going. Gotcha. So <coughs> you you open up with the lines of credit to kind of like actually secure it, yeah. and then you refinance, and then once you got a tenant in there, you just have the tenant paying back yeah. whatever the loan is on Absolutely. the refinance. But we're gonna see cash flow on that anyway. So you know, most man. So back going back to the Louisiana concept, most of our mortgages are under three four hundred dollars. All right, mm-hmm. we talking Which about is insane. <laughs> but we talking about getting like eight hundred dollars a door, thousand dollars a door, seven hundred dollars a door. You know, by the time we finish this thing, and so uh, we work with all type of various programs in Monroe and Shreveport. We got people who work for like uh, Wellsprung. Uh, we work with Ebony Fuller. She is so great. She gets people into our units, and these are governmental programs because governmental programs are important dealing with COVID. Man, so uh, is I, it like I, Section Eight? 
Absolutely. That's, that was going to be one of my questions, <laughs> too, was are you using sexual? Absolutely, absolutely. And if nothing else showed us in COVID, you got to be COVID proof. You got to be disaster proof. And working with those different fundamental programs, you talk about the Wellsprungs, the Ebony Fullers, the Section 8s. Man, business don't stop. So Will, Will Sprung is a program? It's another program. It's just another governmental program. And that one is for abusive women. I believe. And so that one is located in Monroe, Louisiana. I've worked with them before as well. And so, man, like I said, you just want to you want to proof your homes. We call it open market versus Section 8. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once you're doing your thing, when a thing like COVID hits, you're working with the government. So you're going to be secure. The government is not hit by the moratorium. They're going to keep paying them checks. The government is the greatest benefactor in the country. If you can find a way to work with the government and anything that you're doing, you'll be fine. So how, how does someone find some of these government Incentive, uh, these, yeah, these government incentives, uh, like the Will Sprung. Everybody knows about Section Eight. You know, right. you can go to HUD yeah. and you can go pull the information. <laughs> yeah. But how, how do you find the other? Uh, Will Sprung. It's the same deal, man. Just jumping on Google and uh, typing in uh, different uh, housing programs within within whatever municipality they call them counties. You know, we from parish, we parish boys, <laughs> right? And so uh, just different parishes and things like that. But uh, you know, it just varies on different parishes. It might be called Wellsprung where we at. It might be called I don't know, Sisters Keep, yeah, somewhere like else, right? And so once you get into Google and then you just call those guys up and you let them know that you have a unit. So the thing about it, I would say, working in corporate America, everything that we approach is corporate, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about having those rent rolls, we had rent rolls on our own before we met CPAs and things like that. You know, so when you get it, down. what's a, what's a rent roll? So a rent roll is it's a simple Excel spreadsheet with all of your properties on it, your bedrooms, how much you charge, and a mortgage on it. And to be honest, you're gonna have to turn it in every time we go before a bank. We're gonna have to submit a rent roll, and that's what it's really like to a PNL statement. That shows how much money we're really making. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so when you have that rent roll ready to go, and you're going in with your bank, that's how I built trust with Mitch. You know, once Mitch saw this, okay, how this duplex doing? And I'm showing him I'm getting this return so every month. He I, not hesitant. I, I, I'm looking at it. I'm visualizing this in my head. So you got an XXL, uh, XXL, Excel spreadsheet. Right. And it's basically like the address. Yep. The units. Yep. The bedrooms, yep. like you said. That's do you have? Do you break down that it's like a multifamily on there? Or yeah. Something? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we break down each tenant as well. Yeah. So, man, it's a system. So we got to get into systems. So I don't do any of this, obviously, right by myself. So the way that this system is structured is set up, I sit at the top. So one thing that we always talk about in our group, me, Jeremy, Taylor, Lamont, uh, Emmanuel, the way that we break this thing down is do you want the $1,000 an hour job or do you want the $50 an hour job? So my job sitting at the top of the organization is to be the thinker, to go out and secure, right, more doors and things like that to scale, right, to bring in the business. Emmanuel, when we work with in our company, he's more so the maintenance side of the house. But when you talk about the having a your rent roll, it's it's really simple. It's just going in there, you're breaking down all your units and things like that. And so you can see what property is doing well, what property isn't doing well. We got property managers that work with us as well. I never say somebody worked for me. I hate that terminology, but we got property managers that work with us. Their job is to go out and they they're talking on a day to day, right? Because I'm at work. Just like here, we're doing a pod. I probably could be missing a call, but the property manager's handling that. That's, you know, I'm not going to wake up two o'clock in the morning to talk about a toilet leak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest, right? So it's a system, right? So they're taking care of the system and we meet with them every two weeks to manage them. Okay. And so, boom, once you get into that breakout of the rent roll sheet, man, it really becomes very simple. Hey, we need to evict this person. We need to get rid of this person. We need to add more. We need to do more in this specific area. So the rent roll really tells us everything about what we're doing in the investment arena. And with the deals, that was yeah. one of my other questions I right. had is, 
How are you sourcing these deals? I know you just said you were going out to find them. Yeah. Are they are mar- off market? You looking on the MLS? What what? How are you sourcing them? So man, shout out to my wholesalers. Uh, shout out to my realtors. I gotta I gotta mention Jan Smith. So Jan Smith is a is a realtor. So we do it a plethora of ways. I may go out. I may meet somebody in the room with you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys, big time. Shout out to y'all. And uh, you know we may get to discussing some things, and they may want to offload there portfolio right but jan smith i i cannot tell you guys this story jan smith built our business in shreveport that lady got us that first duplex she introduced us to justin palmer who's new construction he's a big time developer now he's changed like i said every three to five years somebody changes but not only did she do that she found our plumber she found our carpenter she found our painters she's she, a realtor she's a realtor the power of networking because we didn't know anything about that market we didn't mm-hmm. know nothing about shreveport we bought one and man, when I tell you, she introduced us to everybody and everything in that market, and she's built us into a million dollar portfolio easily, mm. easily. Sorry. So I'm, you keep bringing up relationships. So relationships. I want to talk about that part, right? <laughs> because I, I've always, you always hear it. We hear it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Real estate is a relationship based business. That's so it. when it comes to building relationships with people, right, in this space, what are some ways that somebody who maybe just be getting started can kind of begin that process? Uh, first of all, being present, put down the video games, put down the nails and lashes. You know, I call out fake hustlers all the time. I'm not a real big social media guy, but you know, if you follow my stories, you know, you know, and, uh, but the thing about it is really getting up, you know, you might get up on a Saturday morning, you know, a lot of times I hear in Dallas, people are selling items and stuff like that, but you're going to find a lot of investors that mm-hmm. are out at their properties. And when you see a for rent sign or something like that, call that number. Right. Because that's more likely when it's say for sale by owner. Right. Or you see some high grades. Go ahead and tap into your local market. Go ahead and jump on. Um, You, you, you guys are going to Google like your uh, I forget what it's called, like your your, your local real estate meetups. Yeah, stuff your local like stuff, your local real estate meetups as well. And then you're going to just simply call these people. And once you call one person, but you got to take care of that relationship. So let's talk about relationship maintenance. Once you meet me. Like it's a it's a ton of people that meet me, but that relationship doesn't go anywhere. Once I meet you, like with Jam, and we send her twenty five bucks maybe every two weeks. Hey, thank you. Just have lunch. We might not be doing a deal, but we're watering that relationship. Mm. That relationship turns into the plumber. That relationship turns into Justin Palmer. Justin Palmer's gonna make me millions. Tell you. And so just having those relationships and cultivating those, that's how you get started in the arena. Just finding people. Once you find those people, take care of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every relationship might not work out, but you try it. And then that person is going to spin you into many other people. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. That's a fact. That's deep. So I kind of want to switch gears okay. and go from the buying holes aspect. <laughs> We and getting into the get actual development <laughs> side. Yes, sir. What was your first development okay. deal and what made you go that route? Man, so to be honest with you, me, Lamont, Jeremy, and Emmanuel, we always talked about developing is the NFL of real estate. When you guys agree? Mm. Developing is big business, right? Commercial yeah. and residential. So once you cross over into that, to us, that's kind of the mecca of real estate. Why? Give you a few things. You can sell it at the highest form and the highest value that that property ever be. You guys agree with that? And then the maintenance, let's just say you, you build it and you hold it. You're going to have deferred maintenance for about three years, two, three years. Do you guys understand that? Everything new. Everything new. And every team that been in there, they got to give you a warranty for at least one or two years. Mm. So 
So okay. some do break. They, they got to go fix it. They, they got to go fix it. All right. On the residential side. So you saving so much money out the wazoo. And then, to be honest with you, with the way that rates are going now, it might be better to build your rental property than to go out and buy one. Because think about it. When I go do a buy and hold, what I got to do? I got to go in there and I got to assess the damage. I got to come up with a sheet on how to rehab everything. Right. So I got to do that. And I got to go through that entire process instead of building. Right. But getting into development was always a dream of mine's. And my uncle, uh, Butler <clears throat> Wayne, he got me into this and he just talked to me about it. So I, I, I thought about it. But once again, bringing up Napoleon Hill is pushing through that fear. Mm. I didn't know what I was doing. Derek Ford. I woke up one day and like, Man, I'm going to build something. How do I buy land? Mm-hmm. Okay, so boom, I bought the land. He brought a land deal to me. So I bought the land for 5K, bought the land for 5K, took it back to Mitch. Mitch, I want to build this land. Okay, you need blueprints. I don't know nothing about blueprints. Let me go out here to Etsy. Bought some blueprints for $20. On Etsy? On Etsy. Wow. Bought some blueprints for $20. Two, one. On Etsy, okay? Took that down to planning his own. Hey, Alicia, this is what I'm trying to do. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We, we spin that into me paying five k for that property turns into $74,000 appraisal. Wait a minute. Right? Whoa. So <laughs> you got the land for five k That's it. What's up, my wealthy people? Hope that you're enjoying the show. Just wanted to give you a quick word from our sponsors. So if you're an accounting or finance professional, you're probably on the lookout for tools that won't just make your job easier, but will add value to your clients too. Today, we're highlighting one of those tools, JustWorks, a professional employee organization. So, with JustWorks, your clients get best-in-class payroll, HR tools, compliance support, and access to a rich suite of employee benefits all in one platform. JustWorks provides 24-7 expert support that's available both to your clients and their employers. As as a JustWorks partner, you get free third-party admin access to your client's dashboard, and seamless integrations with QuickBooks and Xero. You'll also get access to a partner relationship management tool for real-time updates and reporting on referrals. Plus, you'll get paid for all referrals to ju- that become JustWorks customers or forgo the referral bonus and pass on the savings to your clients. Find out how JustWorks can help your clients by going to JustWorks.com partners. That's JustWorks.com partners. For more information, you found the blueprint. So twenty dollars, like basically, like you said, you didn't. You walked into this process, you didn't understand what Nothing. to go. You relationships led you down the right road. That's it. That's important. Uh, so they told you, okay, you got this land. Yep. You want to build on it. That's you it. need a blueprint. That's it. You went to Etsy, got a blueprint for twenty bucks. Twenty. You bring this to the the planning and zoning people first. Next, you said absolutely. Yep. So planning the zoning, do they have to approve on it before you yeah. go to the bank? Yeah, so you so you got to get it stamped and you want to do your due diligence to make sure what you're building on that specific plot of land is approved. Mm-hmm. And so and we'll talk about the mistake I made as well. But uh, so, yeah, so once they approved and stamped on it, man, from that point, we was it was it was ready to go. So I brought that deal to Mitch. Mitch put it together. Appraisal went out there and we talking about dirt, y'all. We ain't got nothing on this land. Grass still need to be cut. 74K. Damn. So, like, when you bring it to planning and zoning, do you have to pay them anything? Do you have yeah. to, like, it, what's that process like okay. going through that part? 
Okay, so once you get into planning and zoning, you're just simply going to get a meeting with them. Uh, shout out to Alicia Adams and more taking care of my relationships. But uh, they're, they're going to simply bring you in. They're going to stamp your blueprints. They're going to tell you yay or nay right mm-hmm. there in the office, right? And if you have to have a different adjustment, you're going to have to file for what's called a variance in Morro, Louisiana. So what, what a variance means is that you're going to have to file for an adjustment of the land. Like let's say they say, oh, you can only build a single family, but you want to challenge that and you say, hey, I want to build a multifamily. Well, you're going to have to go before a board of adjusters and then it's going to have to be checked out and ruled in a court appeal that you can do that. OK, but in my case, I was just building a single family. So it was smooth sailing. And it was like, OK, yo, you're already you're a go. So we went in, we did the land curation. We got through with the land curation and we went up, man. We found the team. What's, what's land curation? So land curation, once you buy some land, you have to level the land, right? Mm-hmm. You have to level the land with dirt, get your COVID in there. You're going to have to get tree stumps COVID out of it. COVID is the drainage. Yeah, the COVID is drainage. You're going to have to get rid of the tree stumps and things like that. Once you get rid of the tree stumps, you're going to get your power pole in it specifically so your guys can move. And I'll tell you expense that I didn't account for. I had to get a porta potty. <laughs> Hey man, that porta potty was eating me up for them couple of weeks. Those guys was on site, but uh, that's that's a hidden cost. I just made y'all some money, so uh, <laughs> you know, man, yeah, the porta potty and things like that. And uh, once those guys went up and they framed it, man, it was a thing of beauty. So it, it was amazing, man, for me to do that. I was the second Johnson in family history to construct a home aside from my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I showed my aunt, and my aunt is a Leo as well, Linda Rayford, and she's so hard. And man, I remember I took her in there and I was just like, hey, you know, basically, look, so I, I come from a, a family, we don't really get those high appraisals. That's just not, it's kind of like we get it done and then we move on to the next thing. So the first thing my aunt says, small bedrooms you know and i'm like damn i gotta keep going you know what i'm saying but she told me she was proud of me and uh it was it was really a milestone in my history to develop that first mm-hmm. property man and i got a lady in there right now shout out to her she's doing very well she loves it so it's great that's what's so, up yeah. so th- for this deal right what's you up? they appraised it 74k mm-hmm. and you mentioned like development you got the 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 benefit of it is one of the things is you won't have to do any repairs or anything she don't like call that. me for nothing but you're so you you bought and hold this, correct? Mm-hmm. It's a tenant in there. Yeah. So it appraised for seventy four. Is I think this is the same deal you told me about. Yeah, How much did it cost you to construct the property? Actually, uh, about sixty seven. So sixty. So sixty seven construction. Mm. Five for the land. Yeah. How much was the land? Yeah. So total, how much were you? What sixty seven? That's what's that seventy three. 73. 73 Yeah but essentially I got my money back Okay So so I can use that same fire To go down the line I mean I just get my money back And we gonna run it back Go do the same thing get, well, I told y'all I want back. at least 80% of my money back mm-hmm. Get 80% back Let the tenant take care of the other 20 and Come then. on man My pain is suffrage You know <laughs> I love it You know I gotta, I gotta get something From my, my thought Because you know A lot of people really don't understand The gray matter that you spend I, I really gotta break this down Just real quick okay. I'll Break it down A couple seconds Man a lot of people Really don't understand What that grind is Of staying up late night And thinking about your dreams Okay mm-hmm. In a book An instant millionaire man One of the things About he says Mark Fisher Is write down your dreams And be specific About what you're going for Okay When I sit up at night man Two or three o'clock In the morning Like I said man You out at the club You out partying You, you, you with your homeboy Y'all doing whatever I'm at home thinking I got my guy, son, he understand, he, he's seeing the value of work. I'm up thinking, right? And so when you putting all these things together because your mind is your greatest asset, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when we break ground on this thing, right, you just seeing the finished product. But this started two years ago mm. for me. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of people want this instant popcorn gratification. I, I When I interview my students, they know. 
I sit down with them for an hour on a Zoom call. I got to figure out who you are if we're a match for each other. Because if you're looking to get some type of instant gratification, we're not going to work if out together. you think this shit about to pop off next month and no. you're about to be a millionaire, no. No. that ain't the that ain't no. the, that ain't the wave. My guy Henry actually uh, My guy. Put, put, put something out. He was like, yeah. if you're in real estate, don't expect to really see your returns of five years. Or better. Five years, That's I bet. He's like, you see me driving this car stuff, but you ain't seen me five years ago when I was building the, the portfolio. Because once again... The loans that you have to go into, the actual putting the work in to you got to recoup all of that before you actually start to get a higher rate of return on it. That's and it. Uh, with you, you know, like you said, just getting your money back. Yeah. One of the great things about it is that it was a buy and hold and yeah. it wasn't a flip. Absolutely. So now, you know, <laughs> you, you evened out. But yeah. once you go from that part yeah. and you start going forward. Yeah. That's whenever you can start tapping into that equity yeah. because now you're paying down on your loan and now you're able to start saying, okay, now I can collateralize this and I can start leveraging it to do more deals. I'll do you one even better, man. So I'll roll this into a new deal. So, uh, man, on my journey, uh, I, I started developing and I do the buy and hold situation with Emmanuel. Uh, we're after 200 I'm gonna keep saying it Keep manifesting hey, it for me 200 on the way <laughs> 200 on the way And so uh, Strangely I've gotten into this Road of development So I went to go do a new deal In my community And it was next to A tremendous business And so When I went to go do This specific deal uh, I already had the loan money Ready to go So I had got approved Once again I bought it for 5k It's laying appraised For 120k 120 right there on the east side So we're talking about C-class property So when you guys 5k to 120 5k to 120 And so when we talk about You know people not Being educated Financial literacy wise mm-hmm. I'm putting back 30, 40 grand Into your equity Just you You've doing You've done nothing You're just sleeping The fact that I'm coming To a city near you I'm coming to a neighborhood Near you Because you guys said A lot of people Really don't want to invest In C-class But somebody got to Lead the way Why not me I lead the way for my people because why don't we deserve better? Why don't we deserve clean? Why can't we get efficient in new housing, right? And so I go in, got approved for the 120K, but we go back to planning and zoning. And so what I would say, we're going to get into this conversation here now. Buying holes are a bit different because it's more direct buyer and seller. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about new construction and you start talking about construction and uh, residential and commercial, it's way more political. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's way more red tape. <laughs> they might as well say red line and red tape go together because you're going to have to do certain mm. things and certain people are going to have to understand what you're trying to do in their community or this thing might not get pushed through. So I have a process when I talk about those same the same trial going before a variance because I was approved to build a triplex or bigger. But the lot of land that I had, it just wasn't big enough because we had parking variations as well. So I wanted to build a, a duplex. A duplex would have been sufficient enough. But when it ends up happening, I go before the board and man, I, they just didn't agree with me. The community didn't agree with me. And I kind of got shot down on that. OK, but luckily I was able to secure more land. I had just bought more land like that Monday, actually. And so I'm breaking ground on a duplex. Forty seven hundred again. But this time this land appraises for one seventy. Yeah. So just the land is appraising for one seventy or is this a land after the blueprints? Yeah. And everything so so, like so when I say that, guys, what I mean is when I say one seventy, that's with the building on the land. But it's only going to take us 130 to construct that building. So now I'm going to address your word. It's called cross collateral loans. Okay. Now I've only ran into that in Louisiana. Now it may be called something else out of state, but I don't know no other bank because they don't cross do them over here. Cross collateral loan. Cross collateral loan or cross collateralization. I'm sorry. Okay. 
cross, uh, well, you can do a cross collateral loan as well. So a cross collateral loan goes like this. You purchase a house outright. Let's say you buy a house in Louisiana for 60K cash. All right. It's already fixed up. It's cash on things like that. You could take from that equity. Okay. And go put down on some land. That's 5,000. No money down deal. But you're eating from the equity. It's the same thing as a HELOC, mm-hmm. right? But you're putting it down on land and you're going ahead and you're finalizing a loan without coming out of your pocket for any more loan because that's what you did with your first property. That's how Lamont made his millions. He's a multi-million portfolio guy like that. That's how they started. They took their money and they bought their first trailer and they just kept rolling it. So now I'm doing the same thing with land, okay? So now I got that 170 sitting up there, right? I'm just going to tap into that with my bank and like, hey, Let's go over here. Let's do this. Let's buy this 6K, 7K, whatever. I got but 40K equity sitting over here. I'm going to just take this. I'm going to eat it up. Down. I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to use it to buy multiple Come other on. pieces of land and That's do the it. same play. And, and then they going to, but, but think about it, right? Let's get real with it. They going to keep appraising for what? At least 120 or better because I know the area that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Now you multiply that times five, times six, times seven, right? So Derek, man, I got to ask, bro. <laughs> these, these pieces of land that you're finding, yeah. like- are these just land pieces of land listed for sale? Are these yeah. off market deals? Both. Are you shout uh, out to the wholesalers? Come huh? on now, hey, Deshaun was good. <laughs> Relationships, no, yeah. but so these are all pieces of land that are listed for sale. These, yes, sir. Do you do any deals um, that are like uh, land that's like been seized by the state? Or anything like that? Come on with it. So that's when I flipped my first land. Y'all, y'all, y'all hit me with all the dope questions. So that's called adjudicated property. Mm-hmm. Okay, and to educate your audience about adjudicated property, if they don't know what that is, adjudicated property is when people don't pay their back taxes. Okay, a guy like me, you can go build a million dollar home all you want. The first year you don't pay your taxes, I'm gonna come in there and pay a thousand dollars and come get your property. Okay, so that's adjudicated property. So the city has a list wherever you at, parish or county. You go down to your local court courtroom and they'll, they'll print out this list. So it's usually a list. And you go in there. So in Monroe, you go through adjudicated process where you pay, man, to be honest, maybe like two, three hundred dollars for some land. That's crazy. OK. And then uh, what it's going to do is going to go to uh, it's going to go to an auction. But if nobody can test, then you'll get that. Now, you got to pay a thousand dollars to be in the program or whatever. But once you pay that thousand dollars, you'll be fine. And so I bought my first piece of adjudicated property for about a hundred dollars. Really? So you in all all in eleven hundred eleven hundred dollars, man. So with the adjudication though, yeah. you have to give them a chance to like catch yeah. up and pay you back, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and that and that's when they go to uh when they go to the auction and things like that because they're gonna send a letter out to the family, the heirs or whomever it is, and we'll get into that right. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with air property too much, um, but they're gonna send a letter out to the heirs and they're gonna get them a, a chance to contest, and if they don't contest within like sixty days, thirty days, and then it goes to auction, nobody tries to outbid you, then you're clearing free. Um, and so I, I bought my first piece of property like that. And I forget the lady's name who put me on this game, but I flipped and sold that land for $3,000. Yeah, because I couldn't do nothing with it. $100 to $3,000. That's it. Damn. That's it. So that, that 1000 that you mentioned to join the program, that's specific yeah. to Monroe, correct? Yeah, that's that's specific to Monroe. So I imagine it changes okay. per area. So that that's a one-time fee. And then after yeah. that, you can do that for any other mm-hmm. adjudicate. That's hard. Yeah. So yeah. in your local market, you just got to go to, like you said, your courthouse. Yep. Pay, pay your fee to be a part of the yep. program. Then after that, you can get this. Yeah, yep. So did you, you, they sent out letters to the people, yep. but you didn't have to have any contact with them. No. What was the, like the timeline, like on the turnover for that? Yeah. Like I said, 30 to 60 days, 30 to 60, 30, days? 30 to 60 days. Yeah. They, they just want to make sure that nobody, they got to give them a chance to come back. But if they come back and they paid and they give me my money back, mm-hmm. 
Right. So whatever it is, I paid a hundred bucks on that one, but let's just say if it was an A class property, right? Or something like that. And so if I put up like two K or something like that, then they're just gonna give me my two K back. Can you get interest? Uh nah, nah, not that, what you but do. I mean, that's that no loss. Like, <laughs> right. Basically yeah. you put your money out there and mm-hmm. if you win, you get a property. That's if it. you lose, you get your money back. You get your money back. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So the, the thing about it, I want to spin off into air property. Cause I think I heard her, Jasmine. I forget her name, but she was up here talking about air property as well. Oh, no, you're talking about Porsche. Shout out to Porsche. Porsche's hard. No, Porsche is because Porsche I'm not gonna is, do yeah. all that. Porsche's hard. Porsche's, Porsche's <laughs> it. A beast. She's the real deal. She's a beast. Shout out to Porsche. Porsche like love air property. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Right. I heard the way she was talking about it today in Walmart. I was I was listening to her. Shout out to you. You're dope. But uh, for me, just because of my my lifestyle, right? I don't have time to hunt down airs and things like that. As a matter of fact, I bought some air property. And the deal fell through because it took so long for them warring, man. You know, we can't get it together. And the thing that kind of irritates me about air property, man, you guys can't settle on getting rid of something that nobody wants. Y'all ain't going to do nothing with it. Nothing. It's a burden to the family. I'm trying to come through and release this burden from you guys. But now you want to get into a bidding war with me, man. Money change everything. Money change. I don't care. Money change people. It really do. Because I'm trying to take this. But you got to think about where I'm going. It's an eyesore in the community. It's an empty land. It might be a burnt house. Let me go ahead and come in and take this pressure off you guys. Okay. Get rid of it. You guys got a check. I got the property. I go on. You guys, it's a win-win for everybody. Shout out to Chris Voss and the split, never split the difference in hey negotiating. man, I'm trying to tell you. That's <laughs> my, one of my favorite books, dog. Come on, man. You know I got yeah, it, man. Yeah. On with and over, you know. So being a generalist. I have to know a little bit about everything. That's how I'm able to step in any arena. And it's just like a video game, to be honest with you guys. When you talk about negotiating, right? When you talk about negotiating, it just depends on what you got to do, right? You may want to go in and you may want to get this person cash. You may have to finance it or uh, you may have to raise capital or things like that. So you really got to figure out what type of investment strategy is the best strategy for this house, right? How can I get into this house with the least amount of money? OPM, other people's money, right? And so when you talk about negotiating, I just bought my last piece of property, right? So I got another, I just bought some property last week. So this lady was very hostile. So one of the things that's introduced in the book of Chris Voss and the art of negotiating, he was with me, my godson was with me, and uh, this lady was irate. I mean, she was going off and stuff like that, but I just started talking to her in a calm DJ-like voice. Late night DJ FM voice. That's it. That's it. That Keith Sweat radio. That's it. (laughs) And it works. Okay. So I was able to disarm her. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of information because the first thing that Chris Voss teaches us, the person who listens owns the conversation. Okay. So next time you guys are trying to get someone to a point of emphasis with someone, just let them do all the talking. You do all the listening because that'll further, that'll further get to a point of what leverage you have that you need to use against them to get what you want. And in reality, if they feel like they're in control, you really in control, but you get what you want to need when you talk about negotiating at any point. So this lady, she was like, I want thirty five hundred for this property. Well, I went on the site on um, on, on the Monroe site and I seen that this property was worth number twenty three hundred dollars. And so I just screenshot it. And what happened was it was just miscommunication. She thought I was saying, oh, I ain't paying number twenty three hundred for it. And so she went off in the text, you know, and she was going off when I called her. But. When I did manage to call, I let her talk, let her go. You know, she was doing her thing. And I was like, hey, no, I wasn't saying that I want to buy this property for twenty three hundred. I just wanted to see if we can come to a fair price. Chris Voss, he just said, I just what's fair to you. Right. And so we was able to negotiate that. And I bought it in a week. Shout out to her. What would you end up buying it at? Uh, same same uh, place in Morro, Louisiana. No price price wise. What did you pay for that? One? Uh, twenty five hundred. Twenty five. Yeah, that's it. So which what, was my which was my walk away number? What was her reasoning for the thirty five hundred? Well, she she, she, she fe- emotional. I've already known. <laughs> 
Well, she she was a beat. Well, no, it's it's a vacant lot, and uh, she wasn't gonna do anything with it. But she felt like she was a little educated. She felt like she knew what was coming to the area, and that's another thing. When you know, econ- she was real versed. Okay, when you know what's coming economically, because I told you guys, it gets real political. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we not in them political rooms. Okay, that's another problem. That's where real wealth is being decided. Okay, when I got stopped on that property. They, they shot me down. I had to pay that money back to the bank. So I'll end up paying 10000 for a property that I paid 4000 for because in fees and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about her knowing her stuff, she knew her stuff. You know, she knew what was coming and she knew when I touched this property. So I, I know for a fact I'm at least see 120 on that property with the building and plans, of course, guys. And so uh, I had to build a single family there. I tried to challenge them. I was like, yo, I want to duplex and things like that. But um, it's, it's zoned for a single family dwelling. And so I'm going to get that done for sure. It's lit. Yeah, man. Man. <laughs> man. So I, I kinda wanna go back to the political stuff, right? Okay. I know let's we, we kind of talked about it beforehand. Yeah. Uh the the deal that you had, right? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. With you having to go to the city yeah. and start talking to these different people. Before the board. When it comes to these political the political relationships that you have to foster, are we talking specifically with the people in the zoning commission? Are we talking like with local representatives? What does that look like? Everybody, man. So I want to talk about this. Um, like I keep telling you guys, being in real estate, you guys are going to take some L's. You're not going to win everything. So as I'm in this courtroom, because it, it's five councilmen, these are councilmen of districts. So over there in Louisiana, over there in Louisiana, you have every district, the north side, south side, east side, west side has a councilman or a chair, right, that they provision over that specific area. And so once I went in, to, to apply for my variance to do what I was trying to do to make modifications or go against the grain, quote unquote. The representative of this same district that I was trying to build in testified against me. She's like, no, we don't want this property here. This, that, and the third. And she was able to serenade that board. She was very, very straightforward, direct. And she, man, she, it was a symphony the way that she directed it. Plus, they all know each other. Right. I don't know that they know each other, but they all know each other because they're all political. They, they the same. Right. They're eating lunch and shit. Yeah, they, hey, exactly. We about to go in and cut this nigga. A oh, new yeah. asshole. And that's what they did. Right. <laughs> so when I took the L, to be honest with you guys, I want to say this. You're not a real person unless you keep your composure. Mm. Because as I was being testified against and I was being torn down in this community, they were stopping me from creating wealth. I didn't lose my cool in that courtroom. I could have stood up, you know. Hell no, that ain't right. And this, then the third. But I'll tell you guys what comes after that, right? So after that, the head of planning and zoning herself, I'm working with Alicia. I'm thinking Alicia, the director. No, the director gets directly in contact with me. Hey, we got an opportunity for you. We think that you will do good for us in this specific program, helping us achieve this, right? And so that comes out of that. But not only that, I get introduced to the councilman of that district, take her to Starbucks. We have a conversation, Right. I got a nonprofit as well. So I talk about things that we could do in a nonprofit, just working together. And turns out her vision and my vision align. Right. And so now I'm like, hey, I might have to go up before the variance again to build another duplex. Are you with me? I'm with you, Derek. Hmm. So that's how political ties are powerful. Right. Hmm. And so I want to differentiate this, differentiate this to the, to the crowd, to, to the family. Doing buy and hold deals, I don't think I said this on camera yet, but doing buy and hold deals are are different because you're just doing a direct buyer to seller, right? That's that's cool negotiations, right? But when you talk about building new construction and residential, that's way more political. It's way more political because you're building in these back the backyards of these people and they have a vision for what they want to go on in their community. And you have to understand that before you build. 
So I know you told us that this one was zoned for commercial, right? Yep. If you were to put a mixed-use building there, come on, man. Would they have that. passed? You, that? Ju- you just made me some money. So here's the deal. I always like to make you money. I know you got it. You got it. So I appreciate you. And I already had that in mind. Right. So we do like some type of little coffee shop and we do, you know, residential up top. So the thing about it is you have to understand economics. When you become a prime real estate investor, you don't have a choice but to get into economics and and politicians and political ties because you have to understand the marketplace of where you're investing. Mm -hmm. The city right now is not ready for that. Right. For me to. Because. <laughs> we've been to Monroe. If you're talking West Monroe. There you go. I I understand. Yeah, and it'll go. The bank not gonna go for that, right? You know what I'm saying? They're gonna look at the area. Ah Are you investing near the college? Uh not yet. Not okay. yet. I plan on buying some land over there. I'm I'm, I'm sitting on so some you, land over there. You in like the neighborhood oh, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the east side. I can see you. They'd be like, nah, I know. Exactly. But but I'm changing the ties, and that's the thing, guys. I bought three properties. I've accumulated what that's a what 80,000, 120, 170. So I'm moving the needle. That's the thing. I'm moving the needle right there, east side you're of my adding, road. You're forcing appreciation in that I'm community. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Say less, it's me. I'm pushing it. The whole east side coming up. Why not us? We talk about gentrifying. Gentrify your own stuff. Mm. You want to die of it? Go oh. buy it. They, 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 oh, Derek, they don't like that Hold conversation, on, brother. Say that shit again. <laughs> you want to die of it? Go buy it. Hey, that's hard, bro. I, I'm, I'm telling you, black folks do not like that conversation. We posted the clip uh, yeah. from Black Men Summit of yeah. Tim talking Tim about Tim that guy. Tim, Tim saying that guy. the same the thing. The same thing. Basically, like, bro, if we're gentrification, don't sneak up on us. No. Like, that people don't like to hear that And I, I had those women going back and forth With me on TikTok right? <laughs> right And I'm looking at it and like the people who Argue this point yeah. never present Solutions Facts, right? They'll always talk about the problem They'll accuse you of not understanding gentrification yep. Yep. Oh you don't under, You just don't understand what gentrification is right. It's a systemic this and this Guys I fully understand That there have been systemic factors. Redlining has occurred. Yep. Banks have not given us loans. of the properties. The devaluing of our properties. Appraisers don't give black people the same yeah. values that they give other people. All that still withstanding. What are we actually and actionably doing, doing to change this? And what you're doing is forcing that appreciation. But whenever we hear that from coming from a black person, <laughs> we almost act like it's blasphemous. Yes. Like, what, what are we... You can't raise the value of our own community. You cooking? Why can't we raise the value of Absolutely. our own community? Yep. Why can't we 
Why should we stick with thirty thousand and forty thousand dollar houses for thirty fucking years? Come on, man, you cooking? He feeling More than it, thirty ain't fucking it? years. Hey, that's it. Bro. And then uh, another thing that I have with that as well is we need to have the people in place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck having all the white home inspectors and the white appraisers. Yep. Go get your fucking inspectors yep. license. We got to get in. If now. you want to see the value increase Change, in yep. your community, yep. you increase it yourself there by you understanding. Okay, I understand what this neighborhood is. I understand the history that. Happened in this neighborhood yep. I also understand This shit is five minutes From downtown That's it That's it You guys seeing it Down here in South Dallas It ain't South Dallas anymore It's not <laughs> It's not If you drive around yeah. But like I be listening to Scotty and Tim Talk about it. I wasn't out here Five years ago yeah. But like I listen to them Talk about it and It's like they, You see Kind of how you said earlier They're little pockets Of communities yep. Where you still see Those C and D class Maybe, properties. Maybe. Maybe. Even but, Fair Park dog Crazy Bro, it's crazy. I was here five years ago, so I know exactly what Tim was talking like, about. Like it's crazy to see because you start seeing these the, shift. Uh, the modern homes, absolutely with the, the vertical style, the three story. <laughs> the, these are houses that are going for half a million, easy six hundred thousand dollars. Where these hoods, they was buying land for a thousand dollars five years ago, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Why is it that whenever us as black people are the ones actually trying to benefit from this change, that our own people are the ones that try to demonize us? And man, I'll talk about that. So it's just lack of financial literacy. That's why y'all here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean that, man. You know what I gave to you guys on the cause? I mean every word of it. Appreciate it takes it, guys bro. like you pushing that line for these guys to see this because everybody in my role is going to see this. Okay. And everything that happened to me, you know, those people just weren't financially educated. I'm putting 30 grand in your pocket passively. This is real passive. See, a lot of people like to say real estate passive. Real estate is not passive because I had to think. I had to go deal with a contractor. I had to go fight with Section 8 to get my rate. I had to fight with this tenant. I had to fight with this plumber. That's not passive. We're talking about real money. I'm, I'm, I've already put together blueprints for you. When you wake up in the morning, you got 30K in your building. You even know what happened. If you want to tap into that, let's just say you want to go F it off if you're a consumer, right? You can go to Vegas. You do whatever you want to do. You got an extra 30K on top of whatever you had, right? And so for me, man, I don't even like to call it redlining because we turning that candy apple red now. Mm. You know what I mean? I love it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we we really doing that. And so it's just one of those things, man. We talk about just getting out of the fear with guys like Napoleon Hill and educating yourself. So I'm going to always lean to, I'm going to always be rich as long as I got knowledge. As long as we got you guys, we're going to always be rich. There's no excuse for nobody that's melanated or no no other type of culture to have money because if you're not, it's all free resources out there. YouTube. I study you guys' YouTube channels. So I was able to see Porsche. I'm like, I need to link up with her. I just connected with the lady that's out of here. So your network is your net worth, right? And so it's nothing to say hi. I just shook her hand. Hi. Hey, my name is right. And you guys see me when we when we was able to get inside that room, you guys made me money. Not only did you guys supply students for me, you guys introduced me to Terry Thomas. She was trying to get me into this builders program out here. I failed. Took another L, but I created relationships with Maggie Parker. And so next year I'll be back on the block. Okay, Maggie, what's going on? Uh, So I just got to water the relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. But let's go back to it. If you want instant gratification, you can't sit in this seat. You can't. Because guess what? I may have to water Maggie's relationship for a year. I had to take care of this councilman lady relationship. I got to do things with her for maybe like a year. So when the time comes, everything that I've put into that is paying off. When you talk about developing, you just want to see the last day. You just want to you want to see the Facebook and IG posts when when I'm you <laughs> know there with yeah, the shovel yeah, yeah when, when I put the shovel and hard hat on you you just want to see that. But you, you two years ago you ain't see the L's the war wounds man. When I lost that case, I cried four hours home. 
It's okay for a man to cry. I cried. I had never seen that before. Mm. I had never seen my own people, my own people, talk about me like, man, you don't want this here. You don't understand the value of this. But for different reasons and different circumstances, once you understand those things, now you're better prepared for it. When I talked to Justin Palmer, my mentor, who's doing this on a higher level, he told me, pull your skirt up. Pull your skirt up and figure it out. So I jumped back on that same councilman. It took me two weeks. I could have let my pride get into me. Pride go before the fall, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't respond to me for two weeks. I kept pressing. Kept calling the office every week. Hey, I just want to meet. Hey, I just want to meet. Hey, I just want to meet. I put my pride aside in that courtroom. Hey, can we just talk? Can I take you to Starbucks? We get into Starbucks, man, and we have a conversation so good. She's trying to put me in the family now. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, man, but it's about taking care of that relationship. So I am so thankful for Councilman Woods. Thank you. And so, you know, man, it's all about relationships. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm. I love it. <laughs> and I, one, one thing I want to highlight about <laughs> my you guy. as well is you still have your nine to five as well. Absolutely. Every day. And I don't I think once people they hear, oh, I'm at 150, 200 doors. <laughs> Yo, I'm out. Like, fuck this job. We outside, baby. But they don't understand how powerful it is that you can leverage that as well. I got you. I got you. So I'll let you take that. I got you. So I'm going to bring my aunt Linda Rayford back into this. She's living the life of what I call the golden parachute. Have you guys ever heard that before? I heard the golden handcuffs, not the golden parachute. The golden parachute. So the golden parachute is as we get older, right, we become less valued in the marketplace of working. You agree with that? Okay, so, man, my aunt worked at UPS, and she built real estate on the side, okay? I watched her my entire life when I was in college, okay? So when you talk about having a job, not only does it leverage you with the banks, it's way more easier with W-2, and we call it W-2 income workers to go tell a bank, hey, I'm trying to do this on a real estate side versus being an entrepreneur. Now, when you're an entrepreneur, you better make sure your stuff is tight. Your cash flow has to be ready to go when you're an entrepreneur going into a bank. You have to be what they call bankable. We talked about that, right? Yeah. And so your cash flow has to be right. You have to have equity in some of your assets and things like that. But see, when you got that W-2, they kind of say, ah, oh, he making X, Y, Z. I know that shit. Oh, every week or every two weeks. Hey, X, Y, Z. And then when you really making X, Y, Z being an engineer, they say, okay, yeah, we ain't got to worry about it no more because you cultivated those relationships. And so let's get back to the golden parachute. So my aunt, right, she worked for UPS, I don't know, 20 plus, 30 years, right? Boom, she retires. And 50, this back then when they was retiring in their 50s. My aunt has been retired since she was 55, man. Mm-hmm. So she's retired in her 50s, right? But those same 12, they're paid off free and clear, right? So it's not only she getting that money. Fast forward to 10 years later, she's getting her government money. So she got three streams of income mm-hmm. hitting a house paid for, cars paid for, golden parachute. She's just sailing into her old age, man. My auntie go play the slots for fun. I took her on a cruise this past summer, man. And, you know, just being around, like you guys say, paying it for it, man. The fact that God put her in front of me so I could see that as a kid, I didn't understand it. But she was next to me. And who would have known that in my future, I would get into that. So she got 12. I think I was able to get like 24 in a year. But, you know, it was cool. Don't let that go over your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Well, I mean, every, every, I mean the, the, the point of every generation, right, is to be better. I got mm-hmm. my guys, son. I got my guy kids. And, uh, you know, I'm leaving this thing to them. And uh, we talked about insurance and things like that. 
you know, and I was able to uh, get into the book. It's a book called Infinite Banking, right? And so I was able to introduce life insurance into my portfolio, and uh, we, we took care of the portfolio. So for people that are worried about debt, you also have to have this thing called debt management as well, right? And so life insurance for us is a debt manager. So every time we increase our portfolio, we go get the term insurance, right? We got our whole policies and things outside of that, but whatever that portfolio debt is, and like our portfolio is like 1.2, 1.3. Emmanuel's might be even more, but uh, we get that amount and more of insurance to cover the portfolio. Okay, so if anything happened to us, God forbid, in the next life, but that portfolio is done, and then my godson Katie can go on to do what he needs to do after I've taught him the systems and process. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard, dog. <laughs> I love it. That's hard, man. Yeah, man. Eric, bro. Yeah, we got to get into the last, 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 last part, man. Last few questions, man. So. My favorite question to ask everyone, what's a personal finance tip or principle that you live by that you'd like to share with our audience? Okay, man, uh, to be honest, um, as you increase your lifestyle or you increase the funds of your lifestyle, don't let your lifestyle match that, okay? You always want to have... <laughs> as let's, let's just say, man, you, you started... I know guys who are accumulating $60,000 a month, guys, $80,000 a month. I promise you, in Monroe, in Monroe, but you can never tell that they live that type of lifestyle. You know, come on, man. They're going to have the Audis. They're going to have the lambs going crazy, you know. And, they and got so, the Urus in, in Monroe. It's going crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Urus in Monroe. The, pot, crazy. the potholes. <laughs> right. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So, one thing about me, man, is my lifestyle increased. Like, guys, I've had the houses. I've had a half a thousand, half, half a million dollar home. I've had it all. I'm back in an apartment. So I live in an apartment, man, and all my portfolio cash flow because right now I'm single. I don't have a wife. So why? Why? Why do I need you all this gotta, overhead? You ain't got to pay the property taxes. And, and so don't don't get it misconstrued. Don't fuss at me, y'all. Like the whole having a house is an asset, not until you sell it. <laughs> and man's did not lie one bit. I mean, like your primary well, residence. I kind of, I kind of push back because well, you can't tap into the equity and stuff at that house. Uh, so, yeah, but it's not until you actually use like, it. I think the the thing that makes Derek's situation different. He's got, others, yeah, he's he got, has a portfolio yeah. of real estate properties. Whereas, like, if you're just solely a renter, I think it makes more sense it's for you. So like, if you just you just renting. And you don't have any intentions of getting into real estate, it makes sense to own a property. And that's what right? I was just about to say. That's how I was going mm -hmm. to clean you up with that. But think about it, my guy. Most people that buy a first home, they don't really understand what house hacking is. They don't understand what a HELOC is and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then when they are taken from their fund, they're going to go do something with it and not make yeah, it more going, money. Let's be bullshit. honest. Let's just really be honest. I'm going so, to Barbados. I'm going to Barbados. <laughs> and, and you, but you tapping into the, the, the HELOC. So the thing about it, yeah, go get your first home. But all I'm saying to me, I've had mm -hmm. that experience already. So I understand what's going on. And so for me to be back in an apartment, it's like, okay, cool. Now when I get the lady, you know, and it, it's time for all that kids and things like that, then I'll build that thing with her, if that makes sense. No, so that, makes that, sense. But that's it my philosophy, sense. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So everything is good, man. I, I'm blessed up, you know? Love it. Blessed I up. It. Blessed I up. You know? So I'll get into my, oh. my, my three questions. <laughs> First one, okay. are you frugal or are you a flexor? I'm definitely uh, frugal. Uh, I am the tightest guy you got. They call me tight. <laughs> yeah, y'all know being from Louisiana what that mean. But uh, I'm 35. And you guys can be out 35. I'm 35, and I just bought my first pair of chains at like 32. Um, delayed gratification. I've been grinding since I was 27 in this thing, and uh, and, and he's just the two little boys. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Wayne got a Cuban, so I got all those type of things. That's cool. 
But I'll be honest with you guys, I've managed to buy everything that I ever wanted in my life at this point. And so everything now is just about my God kids and my unborn kids of being here. So just just keeping it low, keeping a low profile. I don't want the flashiest car. Don't want the flashiest jewelry, you know, because I understand I, I'd rather go buy some land than to go buy a watch, mm. you know, to be honest with you totally. I would I was about to say because the land gonna appreciate, but if you buy the right watch, it will it'll appreciate, appreciate it as well. Yeah. Um, my second question: okay. How are you? What are you doing to build a legacy beyond you? You don't have kids yet, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm gonna say beyond you. What are you doing to leave this wealth to the next generation behind you? So one of the things I want to say a lot of a lot of times that when you become a millionaire, a lot of people don't talk about wealth management. Mm. Okay, so the thing about it. My little cousin or my my kids, my kids necessarily may not be the ones that want to do real estate. Mm -hmm. It may be Caden. It may be someone else. So by them being interested, we have to groom them. Right. Mm -hmm. And once we groom them in the legacy of what we're doing, like my aunt, out of all her kids, I was the one that kind of prominently wanted to get into real estate. Right. And so I already know how that goes. I help her with things and stuff like that. So when you talk about what am I doing to leave it, we got the insurance policies in place. Right. With the life insurance. But not only that, I got to identify who can carry it on, because if it's Caden, it's like, OK, hey, you love to do this. Just cut them a check. But you make sure you take care of this. And we got to have trust. See, a lot of people out here building all this, this wealth and things like that. But you ain't got no trust. Who is going to go to? Because guess what? If you ain't got that in place to stake and take it. So you did all your hard work. You turn it over in, in your heavenly grave and it's going back to the state. Right. But we don't talk about those things. We don't have those type of conversations because we're not in those type of rooms and we don't take the time to educate ourselves on what we need to do to transfer this. I'm going to leave this name with y'all guys. Fred Trump was one of the hardest guys ever. All right. Off camera, I'm going to send you guys a clip of what Fred Trump did. With Donald Trump and them and set them up, they made laws because of him and how he transferred that wealth before he died. Really? Yes. Absolutely. He I'm built putting, those projects in New York. I'm putting it in my phone. Man, Fred right Trump, now. they got a 13-minute YouTube video off that guys. You guys go out there and check that out. What he did was man, second to none. I am a fan. More more vicious than the Rockefellers? Uh not that vicious because they got way more money, but what he was able to do in the country, they made laws because of what this guy did. Because he, he did it the right way. At the time, he didn't break any laws. But, but he they had to alter the tax. Yeah, oh, what? Is. Oh, man, he's amazing. Damn. He's amazing. I, I really And that's the thing, if you really going to be in real estate, go do your homework. You know, I went all the way back to him. Well, okay, you don't like what Donald Trump's saying, but let me figure out where he came from. Oh, okay, his dad. Free. Oh, okay. So, yeah, man. So, when you talk about wealth transference, he is the model. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you already answered my last question, too, <laughs> is do you have life insurance? Which? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think life insurance, life insurance is super important. And here's why I leave you guys with this. Life insurance is so important because not only do you pass down generational wealth when you pass, right? You see how we behind the eight ball when somebody you see these go go fund me. It, it's, it's difficult, man. Or even when you jump on our Instagram and Facebook and families are reaching out for funds instead of going ahead and having that a whole life policy. fish fry, man. That's exactly. That's the one that get me. <laughs> but yeah, but having that whole life policy. Right. And then the whole life policy helps you live. You go ahead and invest in that whole life policy. You can borrow from that whole life policy if you ever get in trouble while you are alive. Right. And so having that whole life policy and insurance on a portfolio is going to take care of that, man. So. So, yeah, insurance is a major it's a major game play. You really you really shouldn't be out here. You really shouldn't invest until you got life insurance on in yourself first. I'm going to go that far and reach that far. Hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> hey, man, I love, I, I yeah, love I the synergy of this recording session. Yeah, it's, it's everything, right yeah, everything just flowing to, yeah. to the next. I want to yeah. say thank you, my brother. You. Um, let the people know where can they tap in with you? What can they follow you? If they want to join the mentorship That's group it. and stuff like that, let them know. All right, man. So my name is Derek Johnson. You can find me on Instagram at D underscore Johnson 59 and on IG. And you can follow us at alinvestments87 at uh, gmail.com. And if you want a mentorship, if you want to get into our class that we teach, www.alinvestmentholdings.com. Yes, sir. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, no problem. Derek, man. I appreciate you for joining <laughs> us on this show. It's been another great installment. Yeah. I know y'all got some value. Y'all definitely make sure y'all tap in with that brother. He be doing the deals, man. Y'all need some assistance. This is the man with the plan. That's it. He got me inspired. I've been over here. He told me I was bullshitting. So you bullshit. Early 2023, y'all just look at me. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Y'all we'll chill. Let's go. y'all an update. <laughs> and you going to be the first man to know. Oh, I definitely man. appreciate hey, you, bro. Whatever you need. For sure. Yeah. Well, before we get up out of here, y'all, we're going to get into a few house cleaning items. Always five-star rating and review. Make sure y'all do that for your boys. Helps us continue to grow the show. Uh, make sure you watch it on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, continue to push this message out there to the people Jalen what you got for the peeps man? I wanted to say shout out to my person I don't know if it's a woman <laughs> or a man Chris Rogers for leaving us our latest rating nice. uh, on Apple uh, they said enjoy listening to this podcast jewels on top of jewels great information so thank you so much we appreciate that thank you for tapping I, I don't want to be like politically incorrect <laughs> or nothing like that but like is it Chris with a K or something with like, a Y <laughs> see H R Y S. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's it is interesting. Yeah. We, we ain't no pronoun politics <laughs> yeah. around here. But, um, but yeah, definitely appreciate you for coming through. Uh, definitely appreciate anybody that does. And uh, you got anything else? Nah, man. I just want to say thank you. Appreciate everybody for the rocking with us. Well, until next time, this is Blackwell Black Renaissance signing out. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut-off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.